Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. A murder suspect shot and accused of shooting two deputies before running one over in Robinson County. When I was in my yard, walking in the yard, I heard something pop, 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 pop. An update on their injuries and what led up to the shootout. Durham residents are casting their ballots for mayor and three city council seats. We'll show you the latest turnout numbers as polls are about to close. And the parade changes the city of Raleigh plans to make moving forward. Our summer-like warmth hangs on a little bit longer. When the cooler air arrives and how it could impact your weekend forecast. We continue following breaking news here at 7 o'clock after two Robinson County deputies were hurt during a shootout with a suspect today and rushed into emergency surgery. Thank you for joining us. I'm Dan Haggerty. And I'm Ashley Rowe. Sky 5 flew over outside the scene in Maxton. It is still active. These are the pictures of the two deputies, Killen Locklear and Jonathan Walters. The sheriff says this was a chaotic situation. The murder suspect was out on bond. He stole a patrol car in the melee. WRL's Julian Grace joining us now. Julian, what are we learning more about how this all unfolded and the conditions of these deputies tonight, Julian? Dan, last we checked, those deputies are still in surgery. We will continue to make phone calls to get the latest information on their condition. But I do want to show you this right now. This is still an active scene. Deputies have been out here processing what's left. The morning started with Robinson County deputies searching for Sean Locklear. The murder suspect had just cut off his ankle monitor. They found him in a wooded area near his home. Robinson County Sheriff Bernice Wilkins says Locklear hid behind a tree. Deputies pulled their weapons and Locklear jumped out from behind that tree, pulling out his gun and opening fire. One deputy is struck uh, at least three times in the upper body. One deputy is shot in the leg. The suspect jumps in one of the deputy's cars and immediately, um, now this is after he's fired off at the deputies, he's immediately starts backing up and runs over one of the deputies. That deputy suffered a broken leg. Locklear hit Deputy Jonathan Walters three times in the upper body, and Deputy Kaylin Locklear, no relation to the suspect, was shot in the leg. Both are in surgery. Sheriff Wilkins says after Locklear tried to drive away in a patrol car, he was shot four to five times by deputies. Locklear is currently in critical condition. We found out more about his criminal past. The sheriff says Locklear made bond for a robbery committed in March of 2022 and was released in May of 2023 for the November 2022 first-degree murder charge. And I'm letting you know I am 100% disgusted by certain parts of the judicial system. He committed a murder that occurred on November the 29th of 2022, the same year. He committed a murder and has been arrested for that murder. He was released on bond. Very strong words from the sheriff there. 
Coming back out here live, I can tell you that the SBI is handling part of this investigation. Now, you heard from Sheriff Wilkins just moments ago. He also was pretty passionate when he was crediting some of the neighbors here in this community. He said one neighbor, in fact, used his belt as a tourniquet to help stop the bleeding on one of the deputies. He wanted to credit the residents here in this community for their concern tonight. So much more to talk about. We'll have much more later tonight at 10 and 11. We're going to try to talk to some of these neighbors in this area to see what they have to say about everything that transpired wow. out here tonight. Yeah, that, that move with the tourniquet, I mean, what a heroic thing to do, but so tragic for everybody involved. Uh, Julian Grace, live in Robinson County. Thank you. Dan, right now in the Live Center, we are continuing to monitor the reaction from this story. So what happened in Robinson County having the effect on law enforcement across the state? Durham Sheriff now out with a statement right now, new at 7 o'clock. And it reads, they are showing their support for law enforcement and down there in Robinson County. The sheriff saying in part that uh, the men and women, the Durham County Sheriff's Office, are keeping Robinson County brothers and sisters in law enforcement in their thoughts today. Please join us in sending support to the deputies and their loved ones. Just one example of what we're seeing right now as the story develops and impacts those across the community. Thank you, Mark. A grand jury has returned an indictment for state auditor Beth Wood for using a public vehicle for personal use. Search warrants describe an SBI agent obtaining telematics for Wood's vehicle, which showed trips to a spa and apparent use of a vehicle for buying Christmas gifts. Wood would face a misdemeanor for improper use of a state vehicle. This comes after Wood was convicted in March of a hit-and-run charge related to a December crash in a state-owned car. Wood responded after the indictment, saying, I personally overpaid my commuting miles to make sure it covered any personal use over and above commuting. I am very disappointed that the district attorney's office has decided to bring criminal charges against me. A Wake County teacher is charged with indecent liberties with a student. Hunter Grantham was arrested Friday. The Southern Wayne High School social studies teacher is accused of having an inappropriate relationship with a student for months. Grantham has since resigned. He has been uh, he has held with he was held without bond until his first court appearance where a judge granted him a secured bond of eight thousand dollars. A trial by fire. That's how Raleigh's city manager describes the last few months as her staff tried to figure out how to make Raleigh parades safer. The comments come after multiple high profile parade cancellations, including Raleigh's Veterans Day parade just days ago. WRL's Eric Miller has a story. Speaking inside City Council Chambers this evening, City Manager Marshall Adams-David acknowledged that mistakes had been made the last few months and said her office will now do everything it can to make things right. The problems started a year ago. That's when a runaway truck hit and killed 11-year-old Haley Brooks at Raleigh's Christmas Parade. The fatal crash ignited a push for new safety measures in the city, but also led to problems. First, Raleigh's Christmas Parade was canceled, then uncanceled in a matter of days. Then the city's Veterans Day Parade was called off after last-minute changes to their permit. We're human. We make mistakes. Addressing City Council Tuesday, City Manager Marshall Adams-David said her office is now pausing all new parade permit applications as they rebuild the process from the ground up. Our ambitious goal is to have the necessary guidelines in place early next year so that we can resume the parade season starting with the St. Patrick's Day Parade. She says the city will be looking across the country for examples on how to get this right. We own it when it doesn't go right. We fix it and we come out bigger and better next year. 
Now, this is coming as good news for the organizers of rally parades, including the recently canceled Veterans Day parade. Richard Spirison telling me this evening that he thinks the city now needs to sit down with parade organizers to hash all of this out. Of course, one other piece of good news, the permit for Raleigh's Christmas parade was approved today. That will be going ahead as scheduled without motorized vehicles. Eric Miller, WRAL News, Raleigh. Investigators are offering a $150,000 reward for information leading to an arrest after someone robbed a postal worker. There's a photo from where this happened. It was last month on University Woods Road right in Raleigh. Investigators with the USPS say someone robbed the mail carrier around lunchtime. They didn't mention what the suspect took. Today, Speaker of the House Tim Moore officially launched his campaign for Congress. The Republican says he's running in North Carolina's 14th congressional district centered around his home in Cleveland County. Lawmakers recently redrew that district to almost ensure it would be red. After those new voting maps for the district came out, Democrat Jeff Jackson, the incumbent, withdrew his name from the race, announcing a run for attorney general. As far as Moore's congressional run, he has at least one announced Republican opponent, Green Beret named Pat Harrigan. You have less than 30 minutes to cast those votes. This election day polls across our area close at 7.30. Durham voters are choosing a new mayor and three city council at-large seats are also up for grabs. Both mayoral candidates are familiar faces to Durham's residents. WRAL's Monica Casey is at a downtown polling place now. Monica, what have you seen there this evening? We've seen a steady flow of people coming in and out of this polling place this evening with a big rush after 5 o'clock as people left work. Durham County's latest update as of 4 p.m. shows that more than 16,700 people voted today. Voting is a family affair for Princess Ramon. She brought her daughter and her friend to teach them about the importance of voting. Mommy wants to make your future better in Durham. That's what I tell her. Ramon says important issues to her are transportation, education, and opportunities for young people. It's the extracurricular activities to keep the kids out the off the street and indoors doing something positive, which is going to, I think, counteract the violence that we see amongst, you know, the younger um, generations. She remembers voting with her own mother and wants to teach the next generation to share their voices. This is the opportunity we have, so I think you have to take advantage of that opportunity. There are two candidates running for mayor. Leonardo Williams is a current city council member, a business owner, and a former teacher. Mike Woodard is a state senator right now and a former Durham city council member. In the primary, Williams took home 51% of the vote and Woodard had almost 29%. Three at-large city council seats are also on the ballot today. There are five candidates running. Nate Baker, Javiera Caballero, Carl Rist, Kalila Kareem, and Monique Holsey-Hyman. Sheila Ann Huggins' name is also on the ballot, but she dropped out of the race last month. Ashley? Monica Casey, live in Durham. Thank you. They're taking a live look now at Fenton in Cary, where I'm sure they're working hard to keep the, the ice rink an ice rink instead of a, a swimming pool. We have attempts in the 80s, unbelievably, meteorologist Kat Campbell in the Severe Weather Center. Uh, it might be interesting to ice skate in 80-degree weather. 
I mean, they're out there in T-shirts. It looks pretty fun to me. They were uh, prepared for something like that when the Canes had their outdoor game earlier in the year. But for now, things are going to stay warm. The ice rink will be a good place to be by the weekend. 80 degrees, our forecast high tomorrow would be near the record. 80 degrees, the previous record set back in 1986. We should come close to the record in Fayetteville as well. We're forecasting 80 in the triangle, 82 in Fayetteville. But I want to point out the northeastern part of our viewing area, a little bit cooler tomorrow. And by cooler, I mean upper 70s instead of lower 80s. And the reason why is we've got this front to our north that may try to drop in briefly tomorrow morning and change the wind direction. So we're going to watch that very closely for you. We need some rain, though. This front isn't going to bring it, but we've got another one that could. I'll have a closer look at that coming up. All right, we'll talk to you then. Kat, thank you. PNC Arena won't be named after a sports betting company. That's what we're hearing. Not Bank of America Stadium either, if these new rules around sports betting are put in place. The North Carolina Lottery's latest set of proposals would ban sports betting companies from buying naming rights at arenas or stadiums or tracks or anything like that. The proposed rules would also ban advertising targeted at people under the age of 21. That includes in college stadiums and on college media. Mobile sports betting is set to begin in North Carolina in the first half of 2024. A place focused on helping young people in crisis. After the break, take a tour of UNC's new youth behavioral health facility. Plus, Governor Roy Cooper is trying to stop forever chemicals from getting shipped to North Carolina from Europe. His appeal to the EPA. We've been reporting on youth mental health challenges for a while now, specifically in the wake of the COVID pandemic. Today, state and UNC health officials celebrated the opening of a youth behavioral health facility. WRL's Ali Ingersoll was there and shows us around. There are very few facilities like this one, 54 beds just for people who are 12 to 18 years old, addressing behavioral health. Officials telling us that they need something like this because kids are in crisis. While that's a popular journey song, the message is what's important to music therapist Ashley. She's serenading a crowd at this youth behavioral health facility in Butner. Among those there is Barbara Ann Bible, director of psychiatry services at UNC Health. The children are being swept away by the mental health tsunami. Bible says this site will be a short-term option. They're anticipating working with up to 800 kids every year. Currently, emergency departments around the state are filling up with young people, sometimes waiting weeks for a bed in a unit like this. Their child has a need and they don't know what to do and to feel that helpless um, when you're a parent and the child you love is suffering is um, really, you know, sad feeling and we want to help those families. You can see from touring this floor that it's different. The beds are made with teddy bears set on top of the sheets, crayons on the desk. The plan is to take a holistic approach, offering a variety of services from yoga to music therapy, teaching kids coping strategies. We give our caretakers and we give our families and most importantly, we give those people that we're serving a sense of hope. And a reason to keep believing. Health officials with UNC tell me that they're hoping to accept their first patients by the end of the month. In Butner, Ali Ingersoll, WRL News. 
A Chapel Hill company is testing a therapy that could prevent fentanyl overdoses. Bear with me as I get really sciencey here. Cessation Therapeutics says its monoclonal antibody called CSX1004 would block the opioid from crossing into the brain, blocking the euphoric high and the dangerous respiratory depressions that cause overdoses. The infusion would last 28 days, and the company says it would help wean people off of fentanyl. But it will block all of the effects of fentanyl, including the high or euphoric effects. So we do expect that people will stop taking fentanyl over time um, as they realize that it's not going to produce any euphoric effect. The research is backed by millions of dollars in federal grants. The company is also looking at an injectable version. Clinical trials started in August, and if all goes well, the drug could hit the market by 2026. We got some new details about Fujifilm's new drug uh, manufacturing facility in Holly Springs. We've learned now that Janssen, a Johnson & Johnson company, will be one of the tenants there. This is a $2 billion site expected to be up and running in 2025. Fujifilm Biosynth Biotechnologies already has a site in Mooresville. The company says this new one, though, in Holly Springs will be its first large-scale manufacturing site in the country. Governor Roy Cooper is speaking out against the recent decision by the EPA to allow Comores to import waste material containing forever chemicals into North Carolina. The governor sent this letter to the agency today, saying this approval should be reconsidered and reversed. Last month, the EPA approved Comores' request to ship up to 4 million pounds of that waste containing Gen X from its facility in the Netherlands to its Fayetteville Works facility. Comores says it plans to recycle and reuse it. However, it's unclear if it will further add contamination to surrounding communities. Forever chemicals have been linked to cancer. Community groups are organizing a protest this month. You can find more information at WRAL.com. What a beautiful warm-up we had today, and it could be even warmer tomorrow, but we really do need that rain cap. Yes, we do. So, I mean, believe it or not, we need the cold front. I know a lot of people are enjoying this warm weather, but the only way that we're going to get the rain around here is going to be from an area of low pressure or a cold front. So we need that. We're in moderate to severe drought for over half the state. When you look at the fall season so far, we're running about an inch and a half below normal in terms of rainfall. And for the year as a whole, about three and a half inches below normal in terms of the rain out at RDU Airport. We don't have a lot of rain in the forecast this week, but we do have a little bit to talk about. So we've got this front to our north tonight. That may drop in. We call this a backdoor cold front. It would move in from northeast to southwest and just kind of get stuck in the triangle. That won't bring any rain, but it does bring a wind direction shift that could make it a degree or two less warm tomorrow. The cold front that arrives and brings rain chances is this one way off to the west that would not arrive until Friday. Tomorrow, you got sunshine, 80 degrees. Should be a beautiful day. 81 Thursday with a bit more cloud cover moving in out ahead of the front. But as the cold front gets closer on Friday and runs into some upper level energy, that's what may help to generate some rain. It's not going to be very much rain and it's not going to be very heavy rain. We've got a 30% chance for rain. Otherwise cloudy and cooler throughout the day Friday with a high of just 68. But this is light green showing up very light green and it's just not likely to add up to very much. We're talking about less than a tenth of an inch of rain, not the drought busting rain we need. But if you've got Friday plans, you may welcome that news. That's the best chance for rain for the week. As we get into the weekend, rain chances just 20%. The way the models are treading the bulk of the rain would be at the coast if there was any rain in the state.
but it's much cooler this weekend. Highs in the upper 50s to lower 60s, and we don't have the bright blue skies either. As for the rainfall totals, we could see with Friday's front, most of our models, as I had mentioned, showing less than a tenth of an inch, but these are some really small rainfall totals. Our next best chance for rain after that is just those 20% chances over the weekend. So hope we can squeeze out at least some rain on Friday. Once we get to the weekend, as I mentioned, it's cooler, but you're really going to notice the chill once we see clear skies next week. We get down to 35 by next Tuesday morning. Everything from 81 to 35 on this forecast. So pick your favorite day. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Kat. Still ahead, celebrating our men and women in uniform where military members can go for free on Veterans Day. Places across our state are offering free service to military members on Veterans Day. The National Park Service is waiving all the entrance fees, which uh, they can rack up, so it's nice. Uh, you still have to pay for the services like camping and boat launches or special tours, but getting in is free. There are more than 400 National Park sites across the country, 13 here in North Carolina. This is the last chance for free admission this year. If you prefer to go to the zoo over a trip to the park, the North Carolina Zoo has a deal for veterans that's already underway. Now through November 12th, veterans and other military personnel can get into the zoo for free so uh, go do that just uh, uh, you can bring a guest for free as well just show your military id at the admissions booth so tickets for dreamville 2024 are now up for sale for a select mm -hmm. group yeah organizers released the first batch of two-day passes for the music festival at dick's park next spring the tickets are available for people who subscribe to the dreamville newsletter if you're not subscribed you'll have to wait until friday Fayetteville native J. Cole created the festival, which is happening April 6th and 7th. Here's the thing, the lineup has not yet been announced, but clearly there's demand for this show. Oh, yeah. Last year, Usher, Drake, and Lil Wayne all performed. They'll get some big names. Oh, yeah, yep. yeah, no doubt. The first images from a powerful new space telescope in Europe have been revealed. They're amazing. The European Space Agency launched the Euclid Telescope in July. Its mission was to create the most detailed 3D map of the dark side of the universe over the next six years. These initial observations were captured one million miles from Earth. The images include the colorful views of stellar nurseries, you know, massive clusters of galaxies and stars. Uh, these are billions of light years away that many humans have just never seen mm. until now, which is pretty magical to think. Truly, yeah, absolutely incredible images. It, I, just, I, I get more interested in space as I get older. And not to mention what we're seeing in some of these new detailed imageries are changing some of the ideas that scientists had even about what we, how we thought the universe began. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what we are learning we continues learning. to change. Thanks for joining us here tonight on WRL News. Our next newscast is at 10 on Fox 50 and 11 on WRL. Have a great night. watching WRAL News over the air channel 34 and Spectrum channel 1257. Hey, I'm Tim Donnelly from 99.9 The Fan. And I'm Brian Murphy from WRAL News. Sports betting is finally legal in North Carolina. Getting to this point in this state wasn't easy. How it happened is a backstory worth telling. And that's what we're going to do in a new season of our podcast, A Brief History of Triangle Sports. The podcast is out now. Follow A Brief History of Triangle Sports on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, or on YouTube.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.